Hey, we're back again. The Sports Bag Bros are on the set for another day, day number two of the week, episode number 13. We're hoping not to be so unlucky this time around. We've been lucky all along. There's bad weather here in Florida. It doesn't matter because bias is in Chicagoland. He's biased. I'm Trav, and the Sports Bag Bros are on the set. This is our podcast. We're trying to do this thing four days a week, Monday through Thursday. This is the second day of the week, Tuesday. This is where we are. So we have our sports lined up for you today. As you might have seen on the thumbnail, we're going to get into that little mythical matchup between the McDonald's All-American team and the WNBA. But we're not going to stop there. This is a sports channel. So we're going to get into it that way. Not only are we going to do that, we're on YouTube. And if you are watching us on YouTube, you know to hit the like button. That's more important than even subscribing, but we want that as well. It gets the algorithm out there so we can have the conversational sports with you all of the time. In addition to that, we're on Instagram. We're also on Twitter. We're on Spotify. So if you want to check us out there, look us up during your long workout, long walk or short walk. Make sure you check us out there as well. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeart. We're moving around and we're doing big things. So without further ado, we're going to let you know just a few things. We talked about that McDonald's All-American game and the WNBA. In addition, we're going to talk about baseball today because now everything else is done with the exception of the NBA draft. And we will talk about that in future episodes, which means pretty much tomorrow since the draft is afterwards. And we have a little Canelo Alvarez sighting. Shenanigans, as they call them. I'm Trav. He's biased. Bias. Let them know what's up after we hit our new intro. You know what? We're back. Bias hit him up. What's up? I, I just want to see the, the clips you, you got ready to roll. You know, there's a lot to say about, you know, in the world we live in nowadays, uh, people identifying as something that they weren't born as. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that naturally when a man competes against women in the women, women's sport, that changes things. And so here we are. Yeah, so if you want to call fair, fair, whether it's trans or whether it's someone who thinks that women should play along with men, even if they're not trans, well, we have things out there that kind of give a comparison contrast, and you can make your own decision if you don't use your common sense and already have that decision made. And to that trans, but if they got something dangling between their legs, they're a man. Exactly. There's, There's times where social issues do intertwine with sports. We've seen it throughout sports. We've seen that happen so often, but this is a different world. We're not even talking about a social issue in terms of uh, like back when Joe Lewis was fighting, you had the Nazis and you had the Americans, or even when Ali fought Frazier, you had the Vietnam pro and Vietnam against and civil rights all together. This is not even that. This is gender. This is something that supposedly is basic, but they're making it a lot more difficult than it really used to be or more difficult than it actually is. And to that end, the McDonald's All-American team, no matter which one you come up with, I decided to come up with the 2023 team, so there's some highlights there, but I also decided to come up with a few things from the WNBA so you could see the comparison and contrast of the way the game is played and the way you want to see it. 
whether you're a man or a woman or whatever you're identifying as, you want the best of the best. And to that, we can go to this, uh, well, go to this clip of the WNBA and their highlights, for lack of a better term. NBA is the most competitive league in the world. Nobody's really retiring, and every year it comes in great talent. So it's the highest level of basketball. And if you love basketball, um, you love the WNBA. Jones trying to put this one away. Jones going to work. Bruh. Turnover at the top of the key to your replicrat, and she passed that to us, Mary. So that's Juana Bonner, Christy Tolliver, Kayla McBride, and Simone Augustus out there for Team Deladon. On our left, our left alone can't put down the jam. So she cannot cloud up the floor. Tolliver, nice pass to Atkins, too strong, got caught under the hoop. I, I didn't know you could use the shake in the pool. I like clear. I know you guys FaceTime with Neck at practice yesterday. Oh, yes. So, she, she, so you know what's funny? When she won a championship, she actually, and this was here, yeah. I was in China, and I wanted to be there so bad, but um, she actually FaceTimed me. Oh, look at that defense. I can't believe it. Locked up. That's teammate on teammate crime right there. Yeah, journey, Holly, and you feel so good that her persistence is paying off. As Howard just flew the bunny, and the second one. And now they're gonna jockey underneath, and it's out of bounds off Phoenix. Great point as Natasha Howard has been outstanding this entire year, averaging 18 points and eight rebounds, and that's one way, but... Oh my gosh. That's what we have. You should have warned me you were using Shaq to the full clips. <laughs> Bro, this is what we have. Actual highlights, man. This is the comparison that people are making, saying that we're equal. I mean, a little bit of testosterone or a little less testosterone isn't going to make someone on the court better. When they talk about, and especially when you look at the way many are talking about the NBA, WNBA, especially the WNBA players, they need to get paid on the same level as NBA players or even close to it. That is not a possibility based on basic economics of what comes in and what goes out. There aren't enough people watching the WNBA. They don't generate the cash to pay the players, even the minimum of what NBA players are getting. When people want to watch the best, they want to watch the best of the best, not typically the best of one gender. You know, to be the best, typically, you know, you're going to be a male in these games where it comes down to being physical and just simply being better. And that's what we have right now. There are women's sports that you can enjoy, which I actually do enjoy. I'd rather watch women's tennis than men's tennis. You know why? Because there actually isn't that much power. And then there's more aesthetics to it. But I watch women's tennis because of that. Women's track, I can watch. Women's gymnastics, I can watch. Not the NBA and all of these things they're trying to force down our throats. Yeah, I think, you know, if you watch an NBA game, you follow the playoffs, you follow the finals and then you switch over to WNBA, it's a totally different product. It's, it I'm is. sorry, it's just not as exciting. You know, you, NBA has the greatest athletes, although Jokic may not be the greatest athlete. He's highly, highly skilled. And in the WNBA, you just don't have that type of athleticism. You know, you have great players, but, you know, from top to bottom, the, the talent level is just not there. And you mentioned it, economics. 
you can't get paid what NBA players are getting paid if you're not generating the same revenue. Well, when you talk about great players, it has to come with a, a relative. It's, it's relative because, I mean, great players for women. We have to really use that when we're talking about something like the NBA, when you compare one to the other, because there isn't anyone in the WNBA that has the ability, even if given the opportunity to go to the NBA and be even the last man on the bench. That's possible. That's not, I don't think it's possible right now in terms of overall talent. Brittany Griner is a heck of a talent. I thought she was probably one of the best female basketball players I've ever seen. If you watched her at Baylor and she's been successful in the WNBA, forget all of the off the court nonsense, but she's been successful in the WNBA, but the talent she has is not even close to what the worst player in the NBA has. I mean, guys, we probably would never get a chance to see other in summer league. She's not as good as those guys. Do you think, especially now in today's social climate, that if there was a player who was capable of playing in the NBA that was a female, they would allow it? Of course, they want to be the ones that say, we give everyone opportunities because it also means more eyeballs. It also means more money. It also, under this environment, it's more woke than anything. They would love to have that happen. They're not getting into the NBA because they're not because they're women. They're getting into not getting into the NBA because they aren't good enough. That's as simple as it gets. Now, the premise of this post or the premise of this topic right now is the McDonald's All-American game. These high school kids who aren't even men yet are better than anything the WNBA has to put on the court. How do I know? Because if not for the rules, those guys would get an opportunity in the NBA in the first year coming out of high school. We've already seen it. Even if they stay on the bench, they're still going to get in. Kobe didn't blow up into his third season. But Kobe still was in a game, got minimal points and minimal time as the phenom he was coming out of high school. LeBron James speaks for himself. Going back to Moses Malone, same thing. Dudes can go out there and play immediately from high school, and they'll go through their trials and tribulations, but they'll get their opportunity. There isn't a woman who's already established, whether it's Candace Parker or even the greatest woman I ever, I think, ever played basketball, which is Cheryl Miller, who wasn't around for the WNBA. She doesn't get on an NBA team. Not even a chance. Yeah, you're right. I mean, facts are facts. And, you know, how about we we uh, set up a pay-per-view, Kwame Brown versus Brittany Griner? Oh, God. Let's see what happens. The, the, uh, the loser. Let's, let's see what happens. Well, the winner goes to, winner goes to jail. <laughs> that's where Kwame's going. The winner gets handcuffed. Why would he and, get handcuffed? And, and you saw this play that we just had when we saw, showed the WNBA players going through their thing. And one of them just happens to be a few clips from their all-star game. This is supposed to be the best of the best. You're missing layups. You're doing all types of things that aren't becoming but, a good basketball. Trav, you, come on, Trav. You can do the same thing with NBA NBA oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, I took the liberty to take lowlights and not highlights, but we've seen this happen way too often. There's a lot more lowlights coming from the WNBA with so many rules being different, smaller ball and all that, and we're still getting this on a consistent <clears> basis. <throat> so that leads us to high school kids. We're not even comparing them right now to NBA players. Here are the high school kids we're talking Bums about. the West. Holland, one of two native Texans on the floor tonight, and McCain drills at the future. Duke Blue Devil. As you mentioned, a tremendous prospect. You see his length defensively and how he can make things difficult. And he's getting after Ron Holland right now. Stoyakovich. I think we've seen this before. He's going to find you. He's going to pass it away from the defense. you got to be ready when you play with Collier. Cody Williams, the elevation. 
for the future Colorado Buffalo. ...up than he is with his back to the basket. He's got a legitimate three-point shot. Omaha Baloo feeds Bronny James, who drills it from deep. And he loves There the you go with Dad Courtside. Wagner to Edwards, a Kentucky connection. It's a three. And there we go right there. It's a three. But I wanted to show, obviously, I did took the liberty to be a little bit more biased than I should have been. And not you, but real biased than I should have been by showing the bloopers of the women. But come on, with all things equal, do you see you? I mean, I don't have to ask you. You're probably the basketball aficionado here between us. So you see the difference in play, whether it's speed, whether it's handle, whether it's shooting. You saw the differences. So me making a blooper right. video and accentuating how badly they play or just having the natural high school kids playing, not playing for a long time. Like these, uh, these, these women, they play overseas and they play in the WNBA. So they're playing all year long. These kids here, the AAU circuit, they're just getting started because of their high school careers. They're just getting to college. They aren't finished products. Yeah, I didn't have to see your your uh, shank to the food clip to, to to come to a conclusion that I believe the high school boys would be the WNBA team. Um, it's it's just part of life, you know. In certain aspects, men are stronger, men are quicker, men are in most sports are going to be better. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, and the issue is there are people out there who want to go back and forth. They really want to contest your thought process when it comes to something like that. When sports is specifically bigger, stronger, faster, almost 100% of the time, whatever the sport is, it's bigger, stronger, faster, nearly 100% of the time. Now that they've added chess and checkers to sports, well, <laughs> bigger, stronger, faster probably doesn't apply, but you know what I'm talking about. So I just thought I'd throw it out there because there will be people out there who believe that the WNBA players yeah. more than what they're getting. They, they just need, need to stop with the, we need to get paid the same. No. That's no outrageous. Need. Outrageous. And um, get paid more, but not the same. And I mean more, that's relatively speaking, based on what's coming in, which they've been taking a loss since they've been in the WNBA. Since its existence, they've been subsidized by the NBA. They're losing money every single year. And the same people who complain about lack of fairness, lack of equality, the women aren't supporting their own product. These are the people who are complaining. Support it. If as many people who complain support it, we wouldn't have as many issues. They would get paid even more, and the and the NBA would not have to subsidize them just as much. So yeah, that's something to at least chew on. And I'm sure, sure as long as this type of environment we live in, sports wise, continues and socially because of the LGBT and you know the the trans deciding they wanted to play sports and dominate. The man who probably came in seventh hundredth place is now number one in whatever female sports he chooses. <clears throat> that's going to be an issue moving forward. We're going to be speaking on those things, and rightfully so. If, if you're a male competing with women, shame on you, man. You're, you're scum. You're scum of the earth. Man. I don't care. I don't Absolutely. care how you identify. I don't care how you see yourself in the mirror. You are a man playing against women. It, it's just, it's not right. It's not right. And this has become a thing just over the past couple of years. 25 years ago, this wasn't a thing. Maybe it was something in the back of someone's mind, but it was not a thing that we had to really worry about. We didn't have to worry about it in the Olympics. We never had to worry about it as professional athletes. And, and now this is like come like a storm. And the same women who used to fight for these people who were considered 
you know, targeted classes like LGBT and all of those, well, they're taking those very rights from the real women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why don't they get their own their own events? You know, having a, a, an all trans event where they compete against each other. Now we're talking fair. Yeah, but then there's going to be a problem there because now you're treating us different. Guess what? You are different. Don't act like this is something new. You are different. You were different 25 years ago. You're different now if that's what you're talking about. If you're talking anything outside of man and woman and sports in particular, you're different. Anything in between is different. That's not the norm. We're not going to create create a new norm because it's your new normal. Society is going to stay what it is. It's going to be as screwed up as it is, but normal is still normal. And we can see when you have to take drugs to either lower your testosterone or raise your estrogen, that's not normal. So anyway, we can talk. I, I, I do have a question, though. Why wasn't there outrage when Bruce Jenner won Woman of the Year? I don't care. Call him Caitlin, Karen, whatever. There was an outrage, but it was only a section of people that were outraged. But I'm saying it wasn't like people weren't livid. How does a a man win woman of the year? (laughs) A man we all know. A gold medalist. We saw right before our eyes in 1976 for those of us us who are old enough to remember, you know, Bruce Jenner on a box of Wheaties. Uh, Yeah, on on the Wheaties box. Unbelievable. He was supposed to have been the example of a man's man back then. Things have changed. You know, I don't think this thing just all of a sudden came. This is I, one of these things. That's an understatement. Another what? Understand exactly, man. Yeah. You know, this is something that he possibly obviously had been thinking about his entire life. I don't think it just started once the camera's in his face all the time with the Kardashians. This is something that he probably harbored for years, was afraid to come out. Rightfully so, because people are nasty and mean can be mean. But now he's standing out there. He's doing what he's doing. He's holding his own because of it. But it I'm saying, I'm not saying he didn't have the right to to make the yeah. change and all that. I'm just saying, don't recognize him as woman of the year. Absolutely not. But there was a segment of people out there, probably the people considered far right wing people, conservatives or whatnot. They were outraged. It's just that the other people were trying to make it all inclusive and made it seem like it was some kind of normal thing to do. And what's more normal than that is Zion Williamson. Well. Bang brother number one. What's going on with this guy? We spoke about him just last week. <laughs> and what's going on with this corn or corn? I don't know how he, if he can say it or not on here, what he's doing with this corn star. And it's we thought it would go away. No, it's getting worse. Yeah, lucky for him, her uh Twitter account has been suspended. So she can't she can't continue to go at him on Twitter. But her her latest tweets talked about threats and mm-hmm. you know it's it's going to get ugly before it gets better okay. in my man it's a bad spot for him being a young guy but you know what you're old enough to know stupidity like that i don't know if you're that naive to know that women could do these things this wasn't your girl this was just some side chick you had the money she wouldn't be with you if you did not have the money you know what she i mean and consider herself a side chick she didn't consider herself a side chick after she considers herself upset that he has a baby out there with somebody else. You know, this is insane how all of this is going down for him. She's telling the team to trade him as if she's gonna she has that kind of power. That's nuts, man. That's nuts. Get him out of get him out of New Orleans. Okay, so now he's not in New Orleans. It still happened. We right. still want to see him. The world's a lot smaller now than it used to be 50 years ago, 80 years ago. You're right around the corner from somebody because of social media. 
So he's not going anywhere. I wonder if she's yeah, only, only only his place of business changes. You know, the other, circumstances don't change. He's still having a baby with his girlfriend. Yep, and she's still man. I gotta watch what I say. <laughs> That's another bag of worms right there. I'm not a box of worms. This is a bag of worms. The one he's <clears> actually <throat> having a baby with. There's gonna be issues there. There isn't a marriage happening between those two. Get real. He's just gonna be the latest baby daddy in the you know, NBA. You know the old saying, you can't turn her into a housewife. Man. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. And now you got two of them. And neither are housewives, but one is at least knocked up. One of them thought she had housewife, she was housewife material, I guess. And she's talking about how she was hurt and how he messed her up. I don't know. Well, the only one who was really loyal to their wives that I can remember and probably no more factually than not was what, A.C. Green? Was it even the one that just stayed with his wife? We know that's it, Virgin and all this other stuff. But yeah, yeah this is the NBA. This is this is isn't your daddy's NBA. By the way, your daddy's NBA also had Will Chamberlain involved, so that's not as pristine either. So Zion <laughs> Williams been tearing the page in the Bang Brothers book, and we too much off the court stuff going on with Zion, man. And that's he, another thing. Got to get himself. He's got to get himself healthy, in shape, get back on the court, and be. You know, play like the number one pick and the superstar he was supposed to be. And the talent is there. We see what yeah, Because when he plays, you know, he plays well. It's Maybe. just, he's just not healthy all the time. Yeah, now we see why. See, the health part is one thing. The in shape part is another. He should be in shape. He's just not healthy. Because he's doing a lot of work. He's just not healthy. That's all it seems. So this guy. Zion Williamson, man, he seems like such just, a nice guy. Just like I said, good luck to, to John Moran. Good luck to Zion. I hope it all works out in the end, but, you know, he's got to help himself too. You know? these, these guys are supposed to be the faces of the NBA moving forward, the new generation when Steph, a good guy on paper seemingly, a good guy in the public obviously moves on and all these other nicer guys move on. This is supposed to be what we're left with. Those guys. It's going to be like a, a rerun of the late 90s when the NBA was going a little rancid and we know when Jordan left and there was really no face of the NBA and they just kind of ran amok. So hopefully it doesn't get there because it's supposed to be a game. It's supposed to be fun and kind of fan-friendly, family-friendly, building families now, and it's still it's not that friendly, though. So Zion Williamson, once again, on our radar, and I'm sure it's not the last time we will be talking about him in the offseason because something else is going to come up whether it's the videos themselves or something else because he just can't say Just because her Twitter account don't mean she's going to be <laughs> right? silent. She can go. She probably has IG Live. Who knows? She send emails. You never know. <laughs> send emails to everybody. Get the word out. So, Zion, get it together because we want to talk baseball. And the reason why we want to talk baseball is because it's a historic time in Major League Baseball right now. Once again, so it's not just exclusive to right now. Otani. Show her Otani. Tell me, man, this guy, a phenomenal player, a generational player. I don't think he's even generational. He's a once in everyone's lifetime player. Definitely. You know, he, he dominates at the plate. He's uh, he's above, well above average on the pitcher's mound. You know, he's got a six and two record. He's got like a 3.3 ERA or so. Very respectable. Not, not dominant, but... He does average 11.5 Ks per nine innings. His whip is 1.05. So 
you know, he, he gives up a few runs, but he, he's he, he's hard to hit. And, you know, he's got 24 home runs. He's right there at the top of the league in RBIs. He's got speed for days. Bases, bro. I mean, dude I dude is, is incredible, man. I don't think there's any doubt he is the most talented player in the Oh, you know what? Uh, most talented player in but, a long so, time. So he's six and two right now, right? I think 14 starts. Yeah. So let's project it out to the end of the season. He might end up with maybe 17, 18, 19 wins. That's a solid number two starter. While he's playing the, the outfield every other game. Man. What if he was a full-time pitcher? And concentrated just on pitching. Yeah, exactly. This, the way he plays, I mean, I remember, and I'll tell you, I'll be honest about I didn't think that that was a big deal. He's pitching and playing, so what? And then when you really think about it, because I'm saying so what because he's not a Yankee. It's always easier when it's not your guy. <laughs> so, so what what he's doing? You know what? Babe Ruth did it about, about 100 years ago. So he's dominating everything. And by the way, he's the best player on the team that has Mike Trout. You don't hear too much Mike Trout news anymore because he's taking up all the headlines. And rightfully so. He's stealing bases, right. which is a lost art in baseball. You know, no one steals bases these days. Now you got, I mean, even Ronald Acuna with the Atlanta Braves stealing bases. The only player to have stolen as many bases and gotten hits and home home runs and bases in the first 70 games in the history of baseball. That's saying a whole lot when you're talking about what he's leading in. I mean, but back to Otani, man, what more can you say? I mean, yeah. And what I mean, did you say yesterday? We got to touch on what you were talking about yesterday. Yeah, I just had the thought, like, I would love to see him hit a go-ahead home run in the eighth inning and then come out and close it out in the ninth. I don't think that's ever happened, and if he ever does it, I don't think it'll ever happen again. No. He may never do it, but, man, you talk about something that that would be really special, you know, to to get the game-winning hit at the plate and then come get the last three outs or just the last out, whatever it is, to close the game. Wow, that would be that would be freaking amazing. And that's a real possibility because no one's doing anything like that. You know, Babe Ruth used to do that. And once again, about 100 years ago, he was doing that kind of thing. But the domination that he's showing in today's baseball, when it's all about power, people striking out all the time, he's doing everything very good. Some things even excellent. It's not like he, he's a jack of all trade and almost mastering all of them. That's yeah. how it's coming down. We could even say, what if he wasn't a pitcher and he was just a full-time hitter? Yeah. If he just concentrated on hitting, would he be an even better hitter? Exactly. You know what? That that leads to our next guy because concentrating on hitting and then getting himself up there batting average-wise and possibly at 400, like our guy, Lewis Arise, for the Florida Marlins, chasing 400, went back down, chased it again. Yeah, before we uh, started – Tonight's episode, he was 0 for 1, so he was down to 398. Okay. You know, I'm a little reluctant to talk about it because last time we talked about it, about him specifically, yeah, he dropped down to the 370s. He had to he had to have some five-hit games back-to-back or two out of three to get his average up. You know, that's difficult. Five-hit games, that, that doesn't happen often. So, you know, we talked about it before. The man can hit, makes contact. He rarely strikes out. You know, he always gives him a shot. He gives himself a shot to make it, to get a hit because he puts the ball in play so much. And that's the nature of baseball for him. 
because we know what baseball is now. Everybody's striking out because they're swinging for the fences. We don't have the guys who we grew up with watching, making contact, and even on occasion putting the ball out of the park, you know, like Don Mattingly used to do that. Wade Boggs, Tony Gwynn, come on, the guy put the bat of the ball so many times. He could see the spin and all of that. He just knew where he was going to hit it. We don't have hitters like that because it became so much more of a one-dimensional game, making parks a little smaller so balls fly out of the park, these band box stadiums they have now. <laughs> and, and he keeps it in play, just two home runs because he just got a home run the other night. And as you mentioned, five, five hits, five for five yesterday will put him back at 400. But he's done that now three times this season. <laughs> and the last player to have, to have done that was Dave Apparently not for him. Yeah, Exactly. Five times, three times it's happened, five for five, and we haven't even hit the All-Star break, which is next month in July. Dave Winfield did that back in 19, what, 84? I think it was he did that in 84, 85, where he hit three uh, three times throughout the season. He had five hits in a game, and he settled on a 340 batting average that year. You know, I don't think he was even up out of 400s. Now we're talking about a player playing for the Marlins, and he's powering these Marlins. I think in the last 10 games, it's 7-3. and three. Obviously, powered by him because the Marlins were not supposed to be this good this year. Yeah, but as far as uh, stolen bases, I think the new rules have contributed to that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, the pitcher can only throw over two times, and you know, I, I like it. it. It helped the pace of the game. You know, games aren't three and a half, four hours long anymore, and I, I'm all for it. And they got speed back in the game, at least on the base paths. And I think it's good for the game. I've always, you know, I've always been a purist. When it comes to other sports, I get a little begrudgingly at times when some changes are made, like the NFL, they're 16 games, they're 17. Like, oh, man, they thought about having 18 at one point. But baseball, when they make their changes, it really hits. I don't know why, because it's a Yankee fan thing, watching baseball for so long. Baseball purists don't like that kind of thing, even though it speeds up the game. Guess what? I guess the game isn't supposed to be sped up. So that's why people get a little upset with it. But I'd rather have things happen naturally. Like when Ricky Henderson was on the pads, those things happen naturally. You know, I remember when Scott Scott Sednick was was leading the league of stolen bases. That was natural. It wasn't people, well, we have to do it. And that's what we have right now. But it doesn't take away from what people are doing at the plate, you know, or in the the field. You know, you got to be on your toes a little more now with people running the bases the way they are, being put in position to run the bases. So I guess it makes baseball more exciting just by doing that. I'm just one of these begrudging old folks that just wants to see baseball stay what it once was. Time be damned. The thing about a rise chasing 400, you know, at some point, if he wants to finish at 400, he's going to have to be well above 400. Because, you yeah, know, I was thinking the same back uh, a couple of hours ago. One or game that that's gonna bring you down, you know, unless he's gonna have a, a 58 game hitting streak, you know, <laughs> which is very difficult to do and probably won't happen. Yeah, you know, he's gonna have to get his average up probably around 415, 420 to uh so he can absorb those over days. Because he's gonna have some over days as, as the season goes on, as you know, especially now with the mall is actually being formidable, being in the position to be a playoff team. I mean, the way they're playing right now, I mean, they are in that position so far. But we've also seen teams in the past that start off hot and the traditional cellar dwellers go back to being uh, cold teams. 
I hope it doesn't yeah. happen for the Marlins because I like that little thing that's going on sports-wise in South Florida. We had the Florida Panthers. We had the Miami Heat. Now we have the Florida Marlins. It's a nice little storyline. Not title town USA like Boston used to, used to have just a couple of years ago. The Celtics and the Bruins and the um, Red Sox. You know, but still, it, it'll be a nice thing for the Marlins. And this time, they're doing it legitimately. No fire sale or overpaying people to get something done. They're doing it right. So I guess Derek Jeter left them in good hands. Yeah, I don't think it's his. <laughs> I don't think it was his fault. But anyway, Look what the Reds are doing. The, who? Reds. The, oh, the Reds, Reds exactly. The, the Cincinnati Reds. That was the next one. The Cincinnati Reds on a nine-game winning streak with a real possibility of going to ten games tonight because they're taking on the Colorado Rockies. At home, they're playing. They're not, they're not playing a course field, and the reason why I say it like that is because it's a ten point over under, ten run over under in that game, even in Cincinnati. That's how bad Colorado is when it comes to giving up runs. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's amazing is Joey Votto comes back like he didn't miss a beat, going yeah. yard in the double, um, and Ellie De La Cruz, man, that kid, the rookie, bro. Yeah, I, I hope. Uh, I hope the Reds stay competitive and, you know, in the mix because we'll see more of Ellie De La Cruz. You know, if they fade off in, you know, fourth place, fifth place, you know, we'll be saying free Ellie De La Cruz. <laughs> you know what? Free him and let him go to New York where he belongs. The Yankees, by the way, not the Mets. So, yeah, let him go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Exactly. You know what is more astounding to me, and I'm telling you, that the – Latino Hispanic population in the Major League Baseball, and the way these players come through their pipeline from their some of them from the very impoverished countries, and they come to the major leagues and they're just dominant like this because he's from Santo Domingo. And you think about what we have here in the U.S. when it comes out of travel baseball, paying thousands of dollars. These wealthy people, some people are not so wealthy, but still mortgaging their future or their kid who may have some ability, paying all of this money for travel baseball while these guys in these other countries don't have that wealth, and they still get into the major leagues faster than Native Americans. Not Native Americans, but people who are Native <laughs> to America. I mean, it's insane. The talent that are, that's coming from whether Panama, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, everywhere. Yeah, and as far as Cruz, I mean, the, the kids beat out two ground balls. You know, you don't see speed. that every You know, what's that? But yeah, the speed. I mean, yeah, that book, that book, has, yeah, I've seen that. Talked about stolen bases earlier. He has six stolen bases. You know, he's only been up a couple of weeks and he's made a big splash. You know, I'm sure the league will adjust and he'll have to make adjustments too. And but I mean, you see, you see all the talent there. That kid is special. 21 years old. That's it. But he's like six four. I mean, these are the shortstops we have. There aren't any more Ozzy Smith shortstops out there. Just short guys that are agile. You have six, four guys moving like Ozzy Smith at the shortstop position. And then he has the power. Then he has the speed. You know, Ozzy had like, what, 30-something home runs in his career. Bo Jackson yeah. had that in a, in, a, in a season. His home run that he hit was the hardest hit Reds baseball all year. See, I didn't know that part. You know. And it was at, like 114 exit velocity. Hardest ball any Red had hit all season long. And that's saying something. And I'm glad that the Reds, you know, it's always a good thing when the Reds are playing well. You know what I mean? With their history of being baseball's number one team at one point. You know, it's, it's a nice thing right there. And then to see how baseball is as the true international sport because it's so diverse now with the players that are playing in there. And I enjoy watching baseball. You know, some people today just say they don't like it. It's too slow. Or they just don't like it. You know, 
because for whatever reason, I don't know why people could not like baseball, but I'm in, that's always been my sport, not even just being a New Yorker. I watch it down here in Florida in the minor leagues. We have a triple-A affiliate. I go to their games. So, yeah, I've been watching baseball regardless for, of how they're serving it. For me, baseball is the only sport where the lower the score, the better the game probably is because you're talking pitchers dominating. Yep. You know, I'd rather see a number one versus number one have them battle, you know, for nine innings and a one-zero game. To me, that's exciting because yeah, every every at that point, every at bat counts for something. You know, if one if one pitcher walks a guy like, uh oh, he's starting to lose it. And then he gets the double play and gets out of uh, a jam or potential jam. Yeah. You know, especially if that's your team or if it's a playoff game, forget it. You know, you're on pins and needles the whole night. Oh, absolutely. And the playoff games is probably where you get something like that because the best of the best are typically at that point where you have your aces going against another ace or even your number two for that season might be some other team's ace, but he's your number two because your team is that good. You get those kinds of games. In today's baseball, when teams don't go too far or pitchers don't go too far from the seventh inning because of the middle relief and closer, that's the culture now. We don't have complete games like years ago. But, yeah, when you do have a nice game, especially when it's at the right time, because in the beginning of the season, you know managers aren't going to let even a perfect game or a no-hitter go because uh, it's too early in the season. You want to wear down someone's arm. counts. You know what I mean? So in June, yeah, July, yeah, we're going to – you know, if someone's hot like that, we'll get the chance to watch it. So, yeah, pitchers, duels are good. But, you know, sometimes home run derbies are good too because you get a lot of souvenirs if nothing at all. I mean – Best case scenario, get souvenirs from a bunch of balls getting hit. In the <laughs> so I don't mind a little 14, 15 action with 35 hits throughout the entire game. That's college baseball. Yeah, it is. Aluminum bats. Yeah, aluminum bats. You know, those things will kill you. I, I'm, I mean, I haven't seen anyone get killed in person, but I know yeah. those aluminum bats, that ball gets after you. I don't want to see Major League Baseball players. Aaron Judge hit an aluminum bat. Come on, man. I think we'll be going. McCovey Cove, if he was over in San Francisco, it might go into the Hudson River from the Bronx yeah. if he had an aluminum bat. But anyway, yeah, touching on that baseball, man, it's getting hot. I like the storylines that are also here in baseball. I mean, you know, going back to Watani for a minute, looking at what he had done last year, I think he probably arguably still could have gotten the MVP over Aaron Judge in the AL, even though Aaron Judge had his 62 home runs. Yeah, you know, it, it probably came down to – the Yankees had success and the Angels didn't. And so that's probably where most of the uh, voters' mindset yeah. was, or where it was, yeah. Um, but, yeah. But if you if you put them right next to each other and you ask, and, and you don't know which stats belong to who, you ask someone, who do you think is the MVP? A lot of people would pick Otani's numbers, probably. Yeah, that's true. And I see no problem with that, man, because, um, you know, Aaron, I'm a big Aaron Judge fan. He's now the captain of the Yankees. But I can see now thinking back on it because I wanted him to win. So. A couple of weeks ago, you were talking about his toe and why is he missing games? Well, he's missing games now because of his toe. Even oh, though, yeah. You know what? You get paid that kind of money to suck it up. But I understand you want to protect your investment. It could get even worse. You know, it, it, hey, it is a toe and it's a pain in the butt. Football yeah. players, the toughest guys. Okay, the ball. Go kick a wall, and then let's see if you play some softball. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's a pain, bro. I'm about to say football players have a, a high threshold for pain, and turf toe puts them out for weeks sometimes. 
So I understand. I played in my pro football, bro. I felt the pain. And I felt like not playing several times. But, you know, you go out there and you kind of like lip around because of the fun of it. We're not professional athletes. We're half-ass athletes. That's why it's semi-pro. But that's why we went out there. <laughs> that's what happened. But, um, yeah, Atani, man, I think he legitimately could have gotten it last year. But I'm glad Aaron Judge did. But Atani, is, he's definitely getting it this year. I mean, without a question. Yeah, he's going to get consideration, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, still a lot of baseball to be played, but if he goes at the rate he's going, who's who's going to put up numbers to match him? Oh, no one. And who's going to put up numbers moving forward to another sport? Like Dalvin Cook trying to get with DeAndre Hopkins. Come on now. Who's going to put up numbers between those two guys? How can they meet in the middle and play for the same team? As you say, Dalvin Cook wants to play with DeAndre Hopkins. When there's a salary cap out there and everybody wants the highest dollar. Yeah, you know, I don't know if Hopkins is, is forward. I don't know if he's spoken to Cook, you know, if they're going to uh, collaborate and, you know, go to the same team. But, you know, they, the numbers have to make sense for, for each player, you know. And the team. Cook, Cook might say, hey, I'm going to get this from this team, but – Hopkins is going to get what he wants from that same team. Exactly. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it would be nice for them. You know, you have incredible weapons on the same team. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see teams calling them both up. I don't think it makes sense to call them both up. I mean, because, first of all, the, the kind of team that may have that salary cap space it's likely a team that's probably not in contention. These guys want to try to go to the best team possible to try to win that ring. You can only get one or the other, I think, under those circumstances. All the creativity in the world, I don't believe, is going to give them an opportunity to pay, play together when one just turned down an $18 million deal. You know what I mean? Well, he's not going to get $18 million from his previous team, and he's moving on to this team now. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, DeAndre might say, hey, you're my boy. But I'm getting X amount over here. You know, I got to do what's best for me. Well, let's see where these two are going to end up because they're make, making a buzz. Not exactly Stefan Diggs kind of buzz, but they're making a buzz. And as camp is getting close now, we're talking about next month. Which they're free people. agents. They're free agents. That's the difference. Yeah, that's the free agents. They deal. were in camp. We don't know what they would be doing. Well, they got to get on the team. I mean, camp starts next month. I'm just saying they got released, so they can't really cause any problems. They need a team. Oh, yeah, they need a team. The point is if they keep going with this uh, this um, wanting to get on the same team, playing together with this narrative of being together, uh, not again, but together, period, you know, they got to come to some conclusion. Which team do they want to go to? Which team may even be on the cusp of doing something, and it could use a running back and a wide receiver that can get them over the hump. A defensive team that needs a little bit of pop. That's what you're talking about. A defensive team that's not necessarily doing anything offensively that can use these two guys to put them over the hump and they may get a chance at a playoff, get hot at the right time and have one of these lovely stories like here in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. with, I mean, with Calvin Ridley now is the number one receiver in Jacksonville, Florida for uh, Trevor Lawrence to throw to and Christian Kirk being the legitimate number two. He should have been when he was overpaid to be the number one guy last year. So I think, you know, they can find a spot. But I don't think they can find a spot together. That's probably yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. They aren't Siamese twins. 
And with that, we could go a little bit into Deion Sanders real quick. The amputation, possibly amputation of his left foot. Pretty bad stroke for Deion. He's been in this situation before at Jackson State, but he got away with it. This time it might be for real. Yeah, you know, it's unfortunate, the blood clots and, you know, causing him to lose toes, now possibly the amputation of his foot. Um, you know, I haven't heard reports, you know, given updates, but it could possibly affect him, <clears throat> excuse me, could possibly be affecting recruiting. Um, just earlier today, a big offensive lineman from Colorado committed to play at Nebraska. Okay. You would think you would think Dion would shut the borders on Colorado. After. I know it. So, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. Hopefully, he doesn't lose his foot. But, you know, if you're a recruit and you hear this, like, is Dion going to be the coach next year or in two yeah. years? You know, it's a question. Yep. And hopefully, his foot does heal. And hopefully, he doesn't have to get it amputated. And if it's not amputated, he can go to boxing and use it to put up Canelo's butt. What has he been doing lately? This guy here, I used to have so much respect for him. Not that I disrespect him now. I just don't like what he's doing. Unbelievable. I'm just trying to tell you people. Unbelievable. I'm to tell you doing. people. He's a diva. You know, he loses, gets his ass whipped by Beaver and then tells Beaver, same terms. He was like, same terms? No, let's fight for your belts this time. Oh, no, I don't want to fight for my belt. Yeah, because he knows he'd lose them all. Yeah, he now he's trying to, trying to pull shenanigans with Badu Jack, and Jack says he ain't having it. And he, he told Canelo, man, fight Benavides. Give the fans what they want. And he's already on record saying he don't want to fight Benavides. So what, what, what are we looking at? What are we going to get? A Caleb Plant rematch? Charlo? Charlo? I can take it to Charlo fight yeah. if they call it out. Ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. I like he ain't fighting Charlo. He ain't fighting Andre. And, and if it signs, then I'll come out here and say, okay, good. I was wrong. But right now I'm saying that dude needs to find his balls. Yeah. Oh, man. I had a lot of respect for Canelo for a lot of years. And I'm not, I didn't make excuses for him, but I rationalized the things he's done along the way. Hey, everyone has a belt. He was <laughs> fighting a champion. Bro, that's not what it's about. You're trying to make Badu Jack come down 20 pounds. You're trying to pull a Jake Paul against Rockman Jr., bringing a guy down to his weight almost to an unhealthy weight. It's yeah, just but, through history. Right. So he wants him to come way down. And, but Bevo volunteered to come down to his weight, 168. He didn't have to coax him or, or try and convince him, hey, come down and fight me at my weight. No. Yep. Bevo said, I'll come down there and take your belts. And he said, no, thank you. And <laughs> no thank you. Got my ass with once, not again. No thanks. Yeah, because that fight wasn't even close. That fight doesn't even command a rematch. But I think the ego's in the way. He wants it on his terms because he wants to try to drain him. We've seen that kind of thing happen before that didn't necessarily drain the fighter to where he was competitive. And that was Chad Dawson fighting Andre Ward when he said, I'll come down to 168. He came down there and got knocked out. And then he made excuses. I'm not really 168. Come on, but I don't think that's going to happen. You know, Canelo D-I-C-K writers are going to say he's the A-side. Bevo should take the, the, the fight the same terms. You're not the A-side when you got your ass whooped. Exactly. Well, you want to match, you're going to have to make concessions. A-side and dollars and cents because ultimately it comes down to dollars and cents. But the one thing about these European fighters, it's not about the money. As you've seen with Usyk, it's not about the money. Loma, 
It's not always about the money. They will give you your concessions to get their revenge or to get the fight they believe they need to make a legacy. Legacy Be really means more to them than two-hour American fighters these days. Yeah, Bevo doesn't need to beat Canelo again. No, he, he doesn't need the rematch. Nah. If he if, if it happens and he beats him again, they're like, oh, big deal. You beat him again. That's it. That's what it's going to be. Right. So, so that in, we get out. Get out those ball. stupid terms. But it, crazy terms, man. You're trying to jeopardize someone's health. And I understand it's boxing. Sometimes they don't give a damn about your health. We've seen that too many times as well. But this time, it's all on Canelo. And it's not a good look. The only way he can squirm his way out of this is fighting either Charlo or Benavidez. Anything else doesn't matter. Another John Ryder, even if he plays or fights beyond his ability, does not count. He has to fight someone with a pulse, someone people know, and someone people want to see him fight. And we need to see it soon. And Mexican Independence Day in September is the day we need to see it. He's always fighting right. anyway. Why not now? So our right. draft, he's biased. Episode 13 is in the book of the Sports bro, sports bag bro podcast. How come at the end of the day, it's like I can't even remember anything. Sports bag bros. Yes, sports bag bros podcast episode 13. Bias and I came and brought it to you. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. More importantly, as I said in the beginning, make sure you give us the like. The like gets the algorithm out there and everyone else gets to enjoy the podcast as well. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google. And we're on iHeart. It's all in the description if you want to check it out there. Until next time, I'll try. He's biased. See you tomorrow.